Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Heart Gold Corp. Fourth quarter and full year 2020 results and corporate update conference call. Listeners are reminded that certain matters discussed in today's conference call or answers that may be given to questions asked could constitute forward-looking statements that are subject to risk and uncertainties relating to Heart Gold's future financial or business performance. Actual results could differ materially from those anticipated in these forward-looking statements. The risk factors that may affect results are detailed in Heart Gold's fourth quarter and full year 2020 management's discussion and analysts and other periodic filings and registration statements. You can access these documents at SADAR database found at SADAR.com. I'd like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded today, Thursday, March 25, 2021. On this call, management of Heart Gold will be quoting dollar figures. All figures are in Canadian dollars unless otherwise noted. Participating on this call will be Fraser Boucher, President and CEO of Heart Gold, and Graham Dupria, CFO of Heart Gold. The company will provide time for Q&A at the end of this call. If you have questions, please press star 1 on your telephone. At this time, I would like to introduce Mr. Fraser Boucher to provide an update on the quarter. Please. Uh, thank you very much, <clears throat> operator, uh, and good morning, uh, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, as uh, the operator shared with me on this call is uh, Graham uh, Dupria, the Heart Gold CFO, and myself, and uh, Graham will be reviewing the key year-end financial highlights. <clears throat> Heart Gold released its fourth quarter and full-year 2020 financial results at market close yesterday. Uh, you can find our consolidated financial statements and the MDNA on the Heart Gold website or under our profile on CDAR. I would like to start by speaking about uh, the fantastic news that we announced this past Friday in which we closed yesterday. We are pleased to welcome New Gold as the newest Heart Gold shareholder. Uh, New Gold has made a $24.8 million strategic investment in the company to acquire a 14.9% interest in Heart Gold. New Gold's investment represents a value accretive transaction that accelerates Heart Gold stabilization and growth strategy, de risks the balance sheet, and further diversifies the company's shareholder base. We see the relationship with New Gold as another important partnership, and as such, we have provided New Gold with the following, subject to them maintaining a minimum 10% ownership. Immediate access to operating and other important information. The right to nominate one director to the board of directors, commencing at the Heart Gold's 2022 AGM. And the right to participate in future equity financings to maintain its pro rata interest. 
New gold is also subject to an 18-month standstill as we continue to stabilize and soon expand our operations. Now, not only does this investment represent a significant cash injection, it is a notable vote of confidence in the asset potential from an established, well-respected Canadian mid-tier gold producer. The investment strengthens the company's shareholder registry with the introduction of new gold, and the investment is a further catalyst to accelerate underground mine development and continued mine rate expansion. The Heart Gold will use the proceeds for the following. Mine development, which essentially are the decline ramps and the access haulage drives. The planned sugar zone expansion to 1,200 tons per day set for the beginning of 2023, and the scheduled March 31st, 2021 principal debt payment to BNP Paribas. Most importantly, the investment represents a collaborative and individual partnership between two credible management teams that each have their own collective and individual strong track records of delivering long-term value to its stakeholders which include operational turnaround stories. Last Friday, we also announced that we received non-binding indicative, uh, a non-binding indicative proposal from BNP Paribas to reschedule payments under the company's senior debt facility, which would defer approximately Canadian 50 million in debt payments currently planned in 2021 and 2022. This proposal would provide HeartGold further financial flexibility. It would strengthen the company's liquidity, freeing up more cash to allow us to continue to focus on repairing, stabilizing, growing, and soon expanding our operations and cash flow. Under the proposal, the maturity of the BMP term loan would also be extended from June 2024 to June 2025, and the maturity of the U.S. 20 million revolver would be extended from June 2022 to June 2023. That table on the right that you see is actually in U.S. dollars. Negotiations are ongoing and positive and subject to a number of conditions, including, most importantly, extension of the Appian credit facility from June 2023 to June 2025 for which Appian support is sought and shareholder approval will be required. Shareholder approval will be targeted at our shareholder meeting in June or shortly thereafter for this Appian extension. On to the Q4 2020 operational financial highlights. Uh, look, the health and well-being of our employees, contractors, and impacted communities and environment remains of paramount importance to HeartGold. COVID health and safety protocols remain in place and have been effective. I am pleased to announce that for the second half of 2020, since the restart of operations in late July, there were no lost time incidents. Now, I'm going to turn to the operations results, and even though it's a little bit odd in the sense that I have shared with the market on February the 8th our January production results, 
and in about two weeks' time, I plan to share our Q1 operating results. But this call is a full year 2020 review. So in that context, 2020 was a unique year for Heart Gold. It was one year ago in March 2020, in response to the ongoing concerns around the threat of COVID-19, and to ensure the safety of all stakeholders and local communities while managing cash, HeartGold announced the temporary suspension of its operation for approximately four months. In late July 2020, the company then announced a successful restart of the mining operations, followed by the restart of the processing plant in August. Full year 2020 production was just over 25,500 ounces, exceeding the upper end of the revised guidance of 24,000 ounces for that year. And in the fourth quarter of 2020, Hart produced 10,835 ounces of gold from the Sugar Zone mine, a record quarterly amount for the company since operations commenced in early 2019. And the average grade for the year was 6.3 grams a ton, which was a 37% improvement over the same period over 2019. And a large contributor to this was the improvement with the planned higher grade material we targeted in the fourth quarter of last year, averaging 7.7 grams per ton. Uh, and that's a considerable positive delta over the 5.7 grams per ton in Q3 2020. The daily mine production from Sugar Zone Mine was 519 tons per operating day in 2020. That's adjusted for the temporary shutdown and the subsequent successful restart of the operations in late July. The transition to owner-operate mining was completed at the end of 2020, and the acquisition <clears throat> through uh, lease arrangements of the underground mobile equipment, formerly owned by Redpath, was completed in Q4 2020. The majority of the mine workforce were transitioned to hard gold payroll as hard gold employees, mostly in the last part of Q3 2020. The mine delivered record revenues of Canadian $53.5 million in 2020. The full-year operating cash flow was $18 million, a significant increase over the $1.5 million in 2019. And in the fourth quarter of last year, our cash costs U.S. $11.22 per ounce, all in sustaining as we do a lot of development work, was U.S. $20.60 per ounce, both improvements uh, on the previous Q3 2020 and Q4 2019. Um, again, you will see our guidance going forward in which those numbers plan to come down much further. With that, for now, I'd like to hand over uh, the call to Graham Freya uh, to discuss our year-end financial highlights. Graham? Thank you, Fraser. 2020 was a transitional year for us, one in which we were disrupted by an operational shutdown due to COVID-19 but also one in which we made significant investments into developing the Sugar Zone mine for the next stage of incremental growth. Hard Gold's Q4 2020 financial performance showed improvements in a number of areas. For the full year of 2020, we generated $53.5 million in revenue, 7.5% higher than the comparable period in 2019 and that was primarily due to higher realized gold prices, which was partially offset by lower sales 
due to the suspension of operations during Q2 2020 in response to COVID-19. We generated $18 million in mine operating cash flow, up from $1.5 million in 2019. Mine operating cash flow is calculated as revenue before hedge payments, lease royalties, selling expenses, and production costs. This figure represents a good proxy for the cash flow generation potential at the asset level. The full reconciliation of this and other non-RFRS measures can be found in the company's MDNA. The company generated a negative EBITDA of 600,000 in 2020, compared to a negative EBITDA of 9.6 million in 2019. It's important to note that EBITDA takes into account costs for gold age payments, exploration costs, and general and administrative expenses. Finally, a net loss of $40.2 million was recorded compared to a net loss of $61.6 million in full year 2019. In Q4 2020, we increased our revenue to $22 million, up more than 50% from Q4 2019. We generated $8.7 million in mine operating cash flow, up from $2 million in the corresponding period. We also generated positive EBITDA of 1.9 million, up from negative EBITDA of 900,000 in Q4 2019. And we generated net earnings of $10.6 million compared to a net loss of 7.1 million in Q4 2019. In 2020, we continued to prioritize mine capital development. A further 23.9 million was invested compared to $17.5 million in 2019. The company closed 2020 <clears throat> with $8.2 million in cash and cash equivalents, an increase of $2.1 million, uh, from $2.1 million at December 31, 2019. Finally, as Fraser previously mentioned, the company recorded a cash operating cost of $1,155 per ounce and all-in sustaining costs of 2,340 US dollar per ounce compared to 1,326 US dollar per ounce and 2,406 US dollar per ounce respectively in 2019. Thank you everyone. This concludes the financial part of the presentation. I will now pass it back to Fraser to comment on 2021 outlook and guidance. Thanks for that, Graham. Uh, look, I've got a few final slides here I'll just speak to. I think for some of you that have been on uh, our calls before, you, you'll have seen these, but I just wanted a chance to summarize again how we're mapping to our, our strategy. Uh, one is targeting operational excellence. Uh, look, we are not there yet, but we've certainly made significant progress to, to doing things uh, that we believe would be uh, best, best practice. Uh, and stabilizing at uh, 800 tons per day. Uh, of course, on these calls, whenever I talk about ore tons, uh, I, I, I trust you appreciate I'm using that just as a proxy. I mean, really, this is all about generating margin ounces uh, in cash flow. Uh, we are also in the process, uh, while we stabilize at 800, uh, and you will see the uh, Q1 uh, results shortly, in terms of our journey towards that 800 that we target for this year. Uh, we are also starting to uh, put plans in place to de-risk uh, 
uh, and in some areas even accelerate if it makes sense, our 1,200 ton per day uh, expansion that we shared in January with uh, January the 20th with our feasibility study results. As for the capital structure, this investment by New Gold is just one part of that. I'm very focused on other, as well as the rescheduling with BNB. Uh, the first is concluded. The second one, of course, is not, as I shared earlier, but that'll be subject to the Appian extension and shareholder approval, uh, which I'm optimistic about. But I also have other uh, plans in terms of further tidying up that capital structure and reducing wherever we can our, our debt payments. Uh, and then exploration, I have not spoke a lot about. I'll get to that in a few slides near the end, but there will be a press release I plan to put out in about a month's time. It's been a while since we've really shared that story and where we are with that, so that, that'll be coming at that time. And the overall corporate strategy I'm working on uh, with the board. Uh, in terms of the growth of this company and what's next for that. I will not be sharing that on this call, but that will be coming in due course. I think the outlook, the, the two or three numbers to take away from this, uh, the 800 tons per day run rate, that's the 60 to 65,000 ounces we're targeting this year, the guidance we gave out earlier, uh, and really getting to an 8 to 850 U.S. cash cost. Uh, whereas the expansion study uh, gets us to the run rate that we would expect this mine to be able to sustain going forward, 1,200 tons per day, or looked at another way, about 100,000 ounces a year at about a $750 per ounce cash cost. Next, uh, Sean. And then, you know, these are some of the metrics. I'll share them again, uh, you know, in terms of uh, mine development and, and meters achieved per day on the ramp and the access to the, to the ore bodies, uh, a critical lead indicator for us to open up more and more working faces that provide in turn flexibility for ore blasting and haulage. Uh, our mill production rate, again, uh, our mill is not the critical path, it is not the bottleneck in this operation. <clears throat> Come 2023, it could well be as we get up to 1200. That's not the situation now. It's really the mine where we focus most of our energy to get that ore up as well as some of the waste. However, that being said, the mill production rate continues to climb. Uh, and again, in a few weeks' time, you'll see what that number is for the entire quarter rather than just the January 700 number you see there. The grade, I just want to share, grade is going to go up and down in this mine. It's the nature of the mine. Generally, the grade is, is higher as we get deeper. Um, it, it, we are close to that reserve grade now, but we will have pockets and times when we're around five and a half to six, and other times we're around seven and a half to eight. But uh, it, it will, the plan is to still target and achieve the average reserve grade, just over seven grams per ton. And another way to look at it is our ounces for this year, going from uh, about uh, 3,200 ounces a month in 2020 to about 5,200 ounces a month. That's the 60 to 65,000 ounces in 2021. Uh, and, I, I, and I won't go over this too much. It's not really a feasibility study update. I think you would have seen this, three or four numbers that might be of interest, with an IRR of 89% and an NPV of uh, uh, over 400 million. Uh, it was a no-brainer for us, obviously, to pursue this expansion for 21 million Canadian, of which we're starting to lay out the groundwork for that now, with maybe two to three million spent this year and the majority of that spent in 2022. 
uh, to get us to that 100,000 ounces a year roughly profile uh, during the 2023 to 2027 window. I think pictorially you see the understand the ore body we have here. Not overly complicated really. There are three zones, sugar north, sugar south, and middle. Middle we will get to towards the end of this year. Most of the production this year is really coming from the north and south with two ramps going down to each of those ore bodies. The different colors representing as we progress deeper into the ore body, how we target each of them in successive years in a narrow vein, long hole uh, ore body. Uh, and again, as we get more exploration success and get deeper and find it appropriate, just like others have done in the area, whether it's Island Gold or West Dome or Campbell or any place, that's what happens. The deeper you get, you drill off. So there's no reason not to expect that this ore body will get deeper and uh, we will continue to progress. But for now, this represents the snapshot of the entire nine-year life of mine plan that was shared in the feasibility study expansion results in January 2020 and filed on CDAR in a technical report in March of this year. In this slide, I, I, some of you have seen this. This, to me, is never a promise, but certainly an exciting. Shows we're in the right zip code, postal code, in terms of other you know, very exciting stories. There's obviously, everyone knows the story of, of Hemlo that was owned by three different companies, 35 years, uh, now down to one, one small underground mine, but producing over 21 million ounces from that deposit that's only about 50 kilometers west of us. Um, but what we're trying to show on this slide are two or three important metrics. We're on the left. Uh, ounces per vertical meter. Some people look at tons per vertical meter. It's essentially the same uh, thing. Uh, we're in the same range as what Island Gold, Alamos's Island Gold is at eight, 800 to 1,000, uh, or uh, West Dome's Eagle River. So that's the big bold number on top. The second number to look at is the grade. What's interesting, if you look at Island Gold, uh, 14 years they're producing. Uh, but the first nine of those was under six grams a ton. The next five were approaching 10 grams a ton, and their future is even higher. So that shows, similar to what we see in our ore body, grades tend to get higher as you get deeper, and in some instances, the stokes actually get wider as well as you get deeper. Um, and, you know, I've had good conversations with the CEO of Newgold, Renault Adams, uh, who was the, the CEO of Richmond at the time, and he was part of that Island Gold success story before they sold to Alamos uh, and uh, share similar views on what could be done in terms of mine exploration as we get deeper. Uh, and then, you know, really the, the, the last number just shows it's, it's the same thing here in terms of we are two years in and the mines I'm showing you are 14 to 35 years. So arguably we are still in our infancy, uh, but uh, we are catching up, we are getting deeper. The Island Gold story really changed when they drilled off their 600 and 800 meter below surface platform. We are just approaching 300 meters below surface. So in addition to regional exploration, I think mine exploration when we have sufficient funds uh, to be able to do that, and we'll talk about that later this year, uh, will be another uh, piece to this puzzle. Uh, so I, again, I, I will uh, not talk too much to this apart from this is a section-long view of the entire mine, most of it in the sugar zone. Right now, as I said, later this year we'll hit the middle zone. I'm quite excited by what could happen at sugar zone self-extension. 
as well as between Metal and Wolf, but we have some more work to do on that. We'll decide how we manage our cash and when's the right time to start a mine exploration program, uh, which currently we do not have in the budget this year. We do, you would be aware, of course, if we go to the next slide, do have a regional exploration program. Uh, and that's the $5 million from flow-through that was raised in 2019. It was not spent in 2020, but uh, through, due to COVID situation, we were given a one-year extension on that. We will be spending that this year. Uh, the main takeaway here, we, we now have 17 kilometers of previously unknown greenstone belt that uh, the Ontario Geological Survey thought was tonalite years ago. Uh, and, and of that 17 kilometers of greenstone belt, we've identified 11 kilometers that's a, a continuous uh, mineralized trend so far with some good gold showing. So we are drilling along there right now, and uh, by mid to late April, we'll give an update on what the strategy is and the exploration, as well as our drilling results. So with that, I'd like to draw the call to, uh, to an end. We want to try to keep it about 25 minutes. Certainly open it up to any questions if anyone has those, whether it's about guidance this year, the Q4 uh, year-end results, and or the uh, strategic investment uh, and uh, proposal we have from BNP. So, operator, back to you. As a reminder, in order to ask a question, press star 1 on your telephone. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. And your first question comes from Pierre Valencourt with Haywood. Hi, Treasurer. Um, I, I, I just want to get a, a, a little more uh, detail on uh, expenditures. Uh, earlier in the year, you uh, provided a table with uh, capital expenditures uh, year by year through to right through the uh, extension to 1,200 uh, tons a day. So maybe, maybe if you can um, refresh that for me and just just um, clarify for us um, what what kind of um, capital expenditures, as much on you know sustaining as uh, expansion, how that's how that's going to look this year and, and subsequent years. Sure. So so this year, uh, thanks for that, Pierre. This year, I, I really break down the capital into uh, three, three buckets. One is the mine development, which is the ongoing, you know, four and a half, four and a half, uh, four and a half by five meter ramps that be climbed down and access. And that that's a, a run rate of between 20 to 25 million dollars a year. That's a, a pretty standard run rate as we decline deeper into the ore body and push along strike. Um, the other two, one is sustaining capital, uh, and sustaining capital for us, uh, we have it about 18 million this year, about uh, 28 next year. That really, uh, of which underground capital is part of it, but as a separate number in addition to that, that really is about uh, tails uh, management, as we do our tails lifts on the tails dams and the, and the associated water management. Uh, it's about uh, additional mobile equipment as we bring in different pieces of underground gear, not not a lot, but as we get deeper, your cycle times get longer, so we have to backstop that with additional equipment uh, and, and major component changeouts, and as well as uh, the uh, pace backfill plant. That is one that I know has confused some people to understand why next year that number looks big. It's about 28 million. It includes the pace backfill plant, 
that instead of filling our underground slopes with unconsolidated waste rock, we will start to set up so that at the beginning of 2023 we can use pace fill. The reason that, uh, that's about 15, 15 million from memory. The reason that is not part of our expansion capital, the 21, is expansion is really what is required to get from 800 to 1200. And that paste backfill plant really arguably should have been in place to be able to sustain an, even an 800 ton per day. But we have great ground conditions. We were fortunate we're able to buy ourselves some time, so it's going in a bit later, but it's actually captured under sustaining capital. And then the expansion, I think we, we, we've clearly talked to before, but that expansion capital really is predominantly uh, about the mill expansion. That, that's the 16 of that 21 million, uh, which is really a, you know an, an additional ball mill, a new cone crusher, extra flotation cleaner cells, a new thickener. Uh, so, so that you know, as we increase somewhat the size of the footprint of the process plant and its capacity to go from 800 to 1200 today. So. I don't know if that answered your question clearly enough, uh, but that's the sort of immediate next couple of years and how the three capital buckets, let's call it, I, I break them down that way. So just, just to be clear, mine development, 20 to 25 million sustaining 18 million this year. How, mu how much are you spending on expansion this year out of that, out of that 21 million? What, uh, what, maybe. How, how does that do? Yeah, so so just get careful. The 21 million that's for over the next two years, two two, right. two in a little bit. Uh, and of that this year, uh, maybe only three, yeah, three four max, three three and a half million, uh, and then 16 17 million of that expansion will be next year. Okay, okay. So so the the the, the big spending or, or bigger spending happens in 21 and, and 22. By 23, you're 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 most you're mostly spent for uh, uh you're you're pretty well all spent so for for twenty three you're yeah. back to two buckets sustaining capital and mine development that's correct got it okay so so that begs the question then uh, fraser in in terms of um you know especially with the uh, uh investment by new gold uh and uh, cash where it is uh have have you and 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 cash flow from operations are you are you okay with with that to be able to pay for this, or are you going to have to uh, top up with with um, financing of some kind? Look, I'll always be very focused on managing our liquidity going forward. This this investment is very important. It doesn't take us right through the full expansion, uh, but it certainly goes a long way because we still have debt repayments. There's certainly less now if we can get agreement with Appian and BNP, so that'll be helpful. Uh, but uh, I, I think we will still look at, uh, uh, as we, and, and especially if we decide to further de-risk and accelerate that expansion, uh, what, the, what the next time is to do something. There are lots of opportunities we're looking at. Another one is mine exploration, but I don't want to muddle things up right now with that because we have not made a decision yet on mine exploration, which obviously would require additional funds as well. Right, because you, I, I guess you have um, what is it, something like four, four million, and, and then twelve million next year in in, uh, in repayments, uh, at least that I guess. Yeah, so that 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 well, again, let's assume everything goes through and the shareholders vote on it, then you will see that in terms of that, and it's about ten million only in the next none none after the March payment. 
and about uh, 10 million US in 2022 for debt payments. Uh, so as opposed to, you know, 48 million right now. So uh, that's the push out of 50 million. But we still have, you know, 10 million next year if this proposal goes through and it's voted on by the shareholders. But that's a lot better than what it uh, currently stands at. Right. And, and so right now your expiration budget is is it five million dollars? Correct. Okay. And, and and I guess that'll that could adjust depending on success. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it could adjust depending on success. Correct. Yeah. Now, just uh, um, maybe clarify in terms of the 800 ton per day. Are are you are you there, or, or what, what's the you know what's the near term uh, looking like in terms of getting there and, and achieving safety? Well, I can't tell tales out of school here, Pierre. But uh, like I said, in two weeks' time, you'll see the Q1 results. But let's just put it this way: I'm I'm, I'm pleased with how that is trending. Uh, we have more work to do, but it's uh, very uh, January is probably not a bad indicator, and you'll see how we put those results out as we continue to get there and put the last pieces in place uh, to continue to meet our guidance this year. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Pierre. And your next question comes from Brian Lawrence, private investor. Good morning, Fraser. Brian, how are you? I'm great. Uh, congratulations, and I have just one question. Is the our new joint venture partner going to be involved technically with us on our exploration and our mine development? Well, that's a good question, Brian. I'd be a bit careful. I know what you mean. I wouldn't use the term joint venture. It's not a joint venture per se like that. This is a a financial investment. They they could, uh, you know, for all I know, in a year or two, stay in, go bigger, or go home. But uh, as far as sharing best practice and ideas, you know, Brian, one thing I will share, even if they had not made this investment, uh, the one good thing about the mining industry, I find that we tend to collaborate on a lot of best practice ideas uh, in terms of operating, exploration, uh, we're not cl closed door that way within reason. That being said, with this investment uh, access to information, of course, uh, there can be added benefits that can be a win-win for both parties uh, as we continue to succeed and drive the share price up for all shareholders. So uh, I think there'll certainly be an advantage there, and it's formalized in their investor rights agreement and our subscription agreement on what the formal obligations are, and of course I'll have the appropriate conversations with uh, New Gold and Renault uh, while making sure I'm not offside of any governance uh, issues. All right, all right, thank you. Thanks a lot, Brian. And once again, if you would like to ask a question, press star one on your telephone. And we have no further questions in queue at this time. Okay. Well, thank you very much, operator. And uh, in closing, again, all this will be posted on our website. I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, hopefully it's been informative, and uh, we will be talking uh, sooner than later. Thank you very much. That concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.